Hello, and welcome to episode 225 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, a podcast worth listening to no matter what planet you're on. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. And I'm Cam. And we thank you in advance for your iTunes patronage and reviews, stars, etc. As we advance to tonight's episode, which is all about a rather exciting discovery of a close, relatively speaking, rocky planet, which scientists seem to think may have the potential to be Earth-like or hold life or something along those lines. Before we get to that, though, we should probably keep things a little closer to our rocky existence by regaling you with tales of our recent past. We do so, of course, with our traditional weekly geekly, geekly weekly roundup. And Cam, why don't you let all the Terrans know what you've been up to? Sure. Uh, I've been... Yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff actually lately. I've been uh, I've been home now for a few weeks for my travel, so finally sort of digging out from all that stuff. Um, I uh, I got um, uh, I went to the movies this weekend. I saw uh, oh god, what's the name of that movie? It's a remake. Um, ben Hur. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw the Ben Hur movie. You're the only one. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Uh, me and my mom and like you know some shady guy in a trench coat in the back were like the only uh, people in there. But oh um, gosh, um, it wasn't horrible. Um, it wasn't good. Uh, I'd say you know there was some parts where there was some decent action. Uh, you know it was a, a familiar story. So you know, and my mom, my mom's a sucker for a bunch of that, you know, like that biblical stuff and whatever. Sure, yeah. So she, you know, she was into it. So that's all that really matters. It's time spent with mom, you know. Um. So that was cool. So checked out that movie. Um. I got my fiance into two series, two different series, and they're mm, sort of nerdy, not really. Um. Dexter, I guess, would be the nerdiest of them. I mean, at mm. least it, de- it deals with science. Um, she had never seen Dexter, so I, it's on Netflix. I threw it on. Um, we watched the first couple episodes, and she was like, yeah, I really like this. This is something I could probably be into. And um, I'm not going to watch all eight seasons with her. I just watched the first couple and explained a couple things to her, just so, you know, and then I'll let her go off and do her own thing with, with it. Um, but the one thing that I got into, and I watched all seven of the current episodes, and then watched all seven again with her after um, was it's it's an HBO series called the night of have hmm. you guys heard have you guys heard of it oh I've seen it yeah but I, I've never watched it I, I think I've caught bits of it and it looked very interesting it is spectacular yeah. spectacular it is not really in any way nerdy unless you sort of want to I mean I guess it, it shows a lot of like the culture of like us being surveilled, you know what I mean? Because a lot of it has to do with like piecing together this murder that happened on on a night in New York or whatever. And um, so I guess the technology stuff is kind of cool, but other than that, it's just a straight gritty like crime drama or whatever. But it is. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember like all the hubbub about True Detective a couple years ago with like Matthew McConaughey and, uh, yeah. and Woody, Woody Harrelson. I'd say it's on par with that. It is okay. Amazing. It is. Absolutely amazing. Um, it hits close—not hits close to home, but it's. I had a particular interest in it because um, 
A, I lived in the area for a while, but I mean, you know, who hasn't? I mean, everyone has some sort of tie to New York, but I like New York, like, you know, crime dramas, but um, it, it has specifically to deal with the um, Pakistani community in New York. Okay. And the, the kid that's, the kid that is basically on trial for murder uh, or accused of murder is, um, is, a, is a Pakistani. Uh, first generation born here like I was. Parents are immigrants, drove a cab. Shocker, just like my dad drove a <laughs> my dad drove a cab, like same you know same kind of thing. So it was really like it was really cool to see like that like sort of cultural aspect thrown in, um, and uh, the acting is spectacular. The actors that they have in there are spectacular. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone that it and and it's it's quick. You can watch it. Um, there's it's it's like a mini it's like a self-contained miniseries. So it's only eight episodes. There's seven that have been out, and the eighth one, the finale is on Sunday. So if you have HBO, if you have six and a half hours, seven hours to kill, just watch them. I watched them all in one single night. I literally started at like 10 o'clock at night and watched all the way through to the morning. Wow. And then, and then the next day, watched three of them, three or four of them with my with my fiance, and watched the next three the next day with her. So um, it's it's that good. I, I really I really recommend it. Nice. Uh, other than that, you know, tabletop gaming. Uh, got a bunch of games in from Yellow. Um, uh, they they uh, they had sent me a few, you know, a bunch of games that they wanted me to play and, and demo. Uh, and um, of course, gaming at the Adventure Game Store. I was there actually till like 2 a.m. last night playing games uh, with, with the guys there. And um, oh, I started teaching. I started uh, oh. not not started, but I I'm the semester started, so I'm back. Uh, teaching uh, at the uh, at one of the local law schools here. So, nice man. Yeah, P- plenty going on. You, are yeah. you allowed to mention the name of the local school? I'm kind of curious. I think you. I think I know it anyway. But if, if uh, know. it rhymes with Bova. Right. Okay. <laughs> the, the famous the famous Dova school. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. I mean, nice, man. Not, yeah, it's not a secret. I have a faculty page you can Google. But it's, it's, That's, it's, uh, yeah. Being a professor is pretty nerdy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, w- I would say. Nice, nice. Good, good, good crop of students so far. I'm looking forward to the semester. So. Cool, man. I hope that you uh, do your part to supply us with some uh, highly competent lawyers. Uh, whoops, or uh, sorry, or chemistry PhDs, as the case may be. I don't know where you <laughs> teach or what you do. Uh, I'll do my best. Great. <laughs> Awesome, man. Sounds like a full week. What about you, Brian? I, I've been in another world. I uh, I was at MizuCon Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I, I don't know. It really it really does feel like like just stepping back into reality after all that. So it, mm-hmm. it's kind of the only thing. I, I don't have any idea what I did before Friday, and uh, and you know then Monday I just laid around, kind of like eating and hydrating <laughs> and resting. And uh, and here we are. I lie around eating and hydrating and resting like that's like my default. So at least you had an excuse to do it. I, I I'm intrigued by uh, I guess con culture or whatever. I, I I don't I don't know anyone who actually like eats or drinks properly at conventions, let alone vendors. Like vending is just. <laughs> Not stressful, but a hardship over the weekend. And um, wow, I mean, it's it's definitely worth it. It's fun. Like I wouldn't change it. But God, I'm kind of glad it's over. 
at least for like two weeks until we do it again. Yeah, such are the rigors of con season, yeah? Yeah. Are you going as a fan, or are you working with uh, our friend Lester in his photography outfit? I, I think you may have said before, but... Yeah, I was there with the photography. Okay. Feel free to drop that name. Feel free to do a little name drop if you want. Uh, LAE Cosplay Photography. I, uh, it, it's, that's definitely no secret. I, I usually uh, whore that out. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And I think I was telling you guys just about uh, EY a little while ago. Um, that was a little bit more, like, casual cosplay. Uh, yeah. Some really good, like, you know, like, quality cosplay uh, this past weekend. Like, some really nice... Uh, Star-Lord was very popular. Um, one of the... Um, God, I don't remember his name. His, his his cosplay name is like Deca Mexican, and he's I guess he's actually been like officially employed as some like Red Ranger recreationist. He's like one of the like leading um, Power Ranger cosplayers. Cool. And um, oh, what, what, what would you call it? Uh, whatever Fallout Four main character, the Roamer. The, the the traveler sure, I don't yeah. remember that guy badass yeah so, yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun some cool pictures uh I think they're all up by now I guess it's Wednesday right they should be yeah little, little known fact about LAE cosplay photography uh they do not take photos of cosplayers they take pic- photos of attendees in regular clothes while they these two large men are dressed as sailor scouts so uh <laughs> <laughs> that does not happen but I think people might pay to see that, Brian. I, I I could do a Sailor Scout, I think. I mean, the skirt's long enough, you know. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like too revealing. Well, no need to be don't, no no need to be, no need to be modest. I mean, be proud of you know. <laughs> be loud and proud. Let, yeah, let me know and I'll be there with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, it's work, but it's enjoyable work, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of you know, your, your passion that you get to follow, and, and sometimes you get paid for it. You know, not all the time, but... Uh... Cool, man. All right, anything else? No, no. At least nothing I remember. <laughs> okay, all right, that uh, brings it to me, and I was working last week at a, helping a friend out with a convention, but not a nerdy convention, but something I help out with every six months or so, and uh, so I was pretty busy with that, working some log days, but it was in nearby Orlando, Florida, home to a few theme parks you may have heard of. And at the conclusion of all that, after having like thoroughly exhausted myself all week, uh, we popped over to some theme parks and transferred from the hotel where the event was to a Disney hotel where I worked. I did a full work day on Friday and then went to the park that night and then the next morning before popping over to my dad's for a visit who lives nearby. And some cool stuff happened at Disney. We got to go on the new Frozen ride, which does not belong in Epcot, in my opinion, for reasons I could get into in a whole long, nerdy Epcot discussion. But which, nevertheless, was really, really well done. Like, they are really getting good at these rides, man. It's like Disney's done it once or twice. It's almost like Uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the articulation on the animatronics, and, you know, they do the projected, like, eyes and, and facial expressions or what have you. Those have just gotten really, really good, and uh, it, it was very, it was impressive. It was impressive, and, and we walked on at the, you know, the, 
the park was closing. Epcot was closing at like nine. At eight fifty-eight, we walked up. It said ninety minutes. We're like, it can't be. And the guy like kind of gave us the wink of the nod. It was only a twenty-minute wait, so it was very oh. reasonable. Yeah, and that ride is really cool. So I commend Disney. They did a good job. I wish they had put it in Magic Kingdom and Fantasyland instead, but they had just completed the build. They, I think they were in the process of the Fantasyland retooling when Frozen was like an insane success. They were like, we got to put it somewhere. And so it landed at Epcot. But uh, so we did that. Went to be our guest for breakfast, the famed nice. Beauty and the Beast themed restaurant. Yeah, which is so hard to get into. We scored a breakfast reservation there, and there was a little little mishap with our order. Now I was in full crank mood because uh, I should say crank mode, cranky mode, because I was so I was tired. I had that coffee. I'd been working all week. I was just like full on grump, and. You know, we get there, and there's a line, and I'm just not happy, and blah, blah, blah. And then I, uh, my companion orders her food and gets it, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, we ask after our food if she wants the receipt, and I don't have the receipt. It's this whole crisis, right? Because I'm just, like, in, like, full meltdown mode, like a baby, because I'm, you know, I haven't had coffee, and I'm tired. Anyway, Disney puts up with my crap, and not only do they make it right by bringing me my food, they also bring us the signature dessert, which I think is called the gray stuff from that song. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this really nice like little cake, and they gave us a pass for two to any ride of our choosing, any ride of our choosing, and we promptly went over and used that on the Snow White ride, the Seven Dwarfs, which is extremely yeah. hard to get on. Yeah, so we got a, that was totally unexpected, and when I handed the guy the pass, he's like, "I'm like, can I use this here?" Because they give you like a paper pass. He's like, "Yeah, oh, it says no frozen. You could have gone to frozen." Then Yink like takes it. <laughs> um, but apparently they give out uh, passes, but they they tend to write except frozen because I guess frozen is in such crazy demand. But uh, a, a free ride on the Seven Dwarfs was was worth it to me. Uh, interestingly, it turns out like right at the end of the summer, like when the kids are starting school, like the next. Uh, week. I, I am not a fan of Disney in August. I haven't been there this time of year in forever, but uh, it was not so bad. The crowds were definitely noticeably reduced as most of the families are gearing up for the school season. Sweet. Yeah, so we're getting into, for Disney fans, for people contemplating a trip to Orlando, Florida to view, to partake in our theme parks, we're getting into a nice little lull season. It's a good time to go. It's hot as Hades, but... Uh, Crowds are very reasonable. And that's it. Did some Disney. Um, ordered a new fitness band. Uh, my Microsoft band died, so I'm in the process of having that replaced. And I lost my Fitbit band, so I'm in the process of having that replaced because they gave me a discount. So uh, my fitness gadgets are in the process of a re- are, are in the middle, midst of a refresh right now. And... Uh, Anybody who has seen my physique will wonder why I have so many gadgets. <laughs> Turns out they don't actually make you fit. You, you have to do all that. But uh, that's pretty much it for me. And then a l- little video gaming, you know, typical stuff. Nothing super exciting to report. Oh, one little thing to report on now that I think about it. Thinking I would do something nice for my companion, I downloaded a game called Never Alone, which is about a little Inuit girl and her, like, fox friend who go on an adventure together and uh, it's kind of a platformer a 2D platformer well 
when the girl dies, like when my companion, she was playing the girl, I was playing the fox. When she like would fall off a cliff or a polar bear would kill her or something like that, the little fox would like curl up and cry and make a whimpering <laughs> noise. She couldn't take it. Like after a while, she's like, I can't, I can't do this. And the breaking point was not only was my fox whimpering, then a polar bear came and like whack, and, like sent it flying across the screen. <laughs> She's like, nope, I can't play this anymore. So my nice, uh, my nice thought was not was not so nice. <laughs> That's it. That's it on the gaming front. Don't ever assume that anybody likes anything you think they might like. That's the moral of that story. <laughs> Speaking of which, we should also never assume that any news is good news. And with that segue now laid down, Cam, why don't you bring us the news, good and bad? In the new extravaganza. New extravaganza coming at you. Now, if you, speaking of your significant other, your companion, Tom, um, if you were going to get married, would you like to have a Lord of the Rings-themed wedding? And would she, do you think she would put up with that? Uh, I would like that. And, I mean, to marry a guy like me, I would think that she'd put up with uh, just about anything. <laughs> well, Sean Parker, the guy who founded Napster, and um, was like a Facebook billion. He, I guess he's made billions um, uh, through Facebook as well. Um, he married the singer Alexandra Lanis. I don't know who she is, but I guess you know she's a big deal. Um, so he had a 300-person wedding that was Lord of the Rings themed, and it reportedly cost 10 million dollars just for the wedding. Whoa! 10 million. Um, they went so far as to hire uh, Nagila Dick- Dixon, the designer. Um, basically, she's like clothing designer, wardrobe designer, for the from the actual movie trilogy, and like she designed all of the, you know, basically what everyone wore at the wedding. Um, it would have been 1.5 million dollars more expensive if he would have gotten his biggest wish, though, which is that he wanted Sir Ian McKellen. Mac- you know, the guy who played Gandalf, to officiate the wedding, but he wanted him to officiate the wedding as Gandalf. Whoa. Yeah, and Whoa. Sir, so, so Sir Ian McKellen was like, sorry, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep your $1.5 million. Uh, I'm good. Basically. I'll keep my dignity, thank you. Yeah. Although, I mean, dude, $1.5 million for an hour of work, maybe, at the most? I mean, all you got to do is sort of officiate the wedding and, you know, maybe take some pictures and then you're out of there. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess if you if you got that kind of, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's not hurting for money, so probably not a big deal, but I, I can think of a lot of people that would take that deal any day. I probably would take that deal, yeah. Like, I'm sure Sean Bean, uh, you know, Eddard Stark, and also, uh, who is he, Boromir, I think? Yeah, the, yeah. You know, would have uh, probably done it. One does not but, simply uh, walk into marriage. Exactly. One does not simply say, I do. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, you know. And then, um, w- if you are to have your uh, marriage, Tom, uh, your Lord of the Rings uh, marriage, um, you can celebrate by a gift that I would probably give you, uh, which is the Xbox onesie. Ooh. Xbox <laughs> has created a onesie that you can wear while you play. Uh, it is only uh, available in Australia as of now, but um, hopefully we'll be hitting stores worldwide. Um, and after you guys play your games, um, you can basically uh, you can watch some movies. And uh, do you guys remember uh, the old movie Jumanji? Yes. 
Well, apparently, uh, I think it was Robin Williams did that film, right? Well, apparently, yeah. there is a reboot coming. Well, they want to make it clear that it's not a reboot. It's a sequel. Uh, but apparently, our favorite bro, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yes. is going to be starring in the Jumanji story. The Juban- Jumanji sequel. Can't wait. So look forward to that uh, on your honeymoon. Uh, and if you uh, want a little something a little scarier, um, The Ring is being rebooted. I don't know if you guys Ooh, know that. Very yeah. appropriate for, for uh, a wedding. Yes, The Ring is being rebu- uh, is being uh, rebooted. Um, it's it's apparently called Rings. Oh. Um, you know, keeping with the Lord of the Rings theme, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's called Rings. And now the VCR tape. The VHS tape is not a, I guess, not going to be a thing anymore. Instead, they're going to be using online video. Okay. I think it's going to be video spam, basically, in an Mm. email. So, cursed HTML. Smile dog, the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, so it's like a pop-up video you can't close. Exactly. Um... Tom, this I just, you know, I just all these I don't know all these stories yeah. were, for you, were for you this 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 week. Um, uh, I know you are a lover of robots and all things automated in your home and and uh, in your life. Yep. Um, there is a cute little bear. Um, the bear is called uh, Bearbot. Of course. And it replaces every single one of your remotes in your house. What? It's, it's a universal remote. Um, and there's no buttons. It's no giant touchscreen. It's just a little bear, uh, and it's basically like a little well-trained circus bear. And it does everything. It it waits patiently, and it, you issue instructions with your hands. It's just like little gestures that you make in front of his face, and he performs all the actions. Like you can adjust your thermostat, you can raise or lower your blinds, you can dim the lights, you can fire up a movie on your home theater. It's all hands-free control. Um, so look for BearBot. I, I am looking at the Indiegogo site, actually, as we speak. Looks pretty cool and looks pretty cute, actually. I wish I knew what a Euro was, because I would give them some. (laughs) And apparently, like, I think the facial expressions change as well. Like, his little face changes. Like, he can, like, be like, oh, and then, like, smile and stuff. Like, this is too stupid for me not to buy it. (laughs) Like, this this is just absurd. Wow. Uh, and if you if you want to drop some more money on some tech, uh, you can buy North Korea's newest uh, streaming video device. Um, the only problem is it's called the Man Bang. <laughs> of course it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is not for porn or anything like that. Apparently, Man Bang means everywhere or every direction in Korean. I see. Yeah. And okay. so they decided Man Bang would be a good name. I mean, it's North Korea. What, you know, what do you expect? What is it? Does it just show the great leader on like loop? <laughs> Probably. Uh, that's why it's a man bang. Sorry, the dear leader. Uh, dear leader. Yes, exactly. Um, speaking of dear leaders, um, so back in 1972, the um, Royal Norwegian Guard took a trip over to uh, to uh, to Edinburgh, and they went to the zoo at Edinburgh, and they were gifted a penguin. Um, they so they adopted this king penguin, um, and they named it in honor of Norway's king Olav. Uh, what is V? V is the ten, right, or five? Uh, five, fifth, yeah. To, yeah, Olav the fifth. Um, so, uh, and they also named it 
after this guy Major Nils Egeline, uh, who was a soldier who came up with the idea to you know make the penguin part of their like adopted guard. So over the year, over the years, this penguin has had progeny, and has this the progeny have all been inducted into the Royal Norwegian Guard. And so at this point, um, Sir Nils Olav the Third. Uh, is the the most recent progeny of that King Penguin from back from 1972, and he has just been promoted to honorary brigadier general, <laughs> guard. Uh, wow. And he's super cute. He like marches back and forth, and he like salutes with his little flipper, and it's it's pretty awesome actually. Um, so if Norway ever gets attacked, Sir Olaf will be on the front lines. Um. And Tom, for you, uh, Nintendo. Did you know that Nintendo was the majority owner of the Seattle Mariners? I did. I did know that. Did yeah. you know that? Well, apparently yep. they are no longer. They sold it, huh? Yes, yeah. they have sold their stake for six hundred and sixty-one million dollars. That's a lot of money. Um, and they've dropped from the fifty percent uh, shareholder to ten percent. Oh, they kept the little. They kept the little stake. Okay. Yeah. So good for. Um, I guess good for Nintendo shareholders, not so good for the company. I, I think it's it's been struggling, and that's why they did it. Um, Nint- and Nintendo the, or the Mariners? No, Nintendo. Um, huh. They they've been struggling, and um, the Wii U failed to sort of live up to its promise. And uh, you know, the share price surge with Pokemon Go has helped, but I think the numbers are a little smoke and mirrors. I don't think they're making as much on Pokemon Go as people think they were. Right. Um, and so they're that that sort of jump in share price has been tempered recently. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, Hiroshima uh, Yamauchi, the 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 uh, CEO of Nintendo back in the early 90s, he's the one that invested in the Mariners back in 90, 1992, back when they were dominating. And, uh, um, you know, that was actually, they, they made quite a, quite a, quite a good uh, a, a return on their investment. I think he, he I think they, they bought the stake for $125 million. So then they got a return for, of six hundred and sixty-one million for only eighty percent of what they bought. Oh wow, so that's pretty good. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Why did Why do you think they kept the ten percent? Uh, probably just because they wanted to have a stake, you know, in the. I think they're aren't they? Their U.S. operations headquartered there as well. They probably yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They probably just you know wanted to keep a, a small stake, but um, uh, yeah. So they they're still owners, but just not the majority owners anymore. Okay. And finally, um, we all have Instagram accounts, yeah. Brian, yep. do you have one? you have one, Brian? Uh, just the Nerd Stravaganza one, actually. Oh, okay. You don't have your personal one. All right. Well, that's actually kind of good. That's actually kind of good because someone can go to your Instagram account and predictably, uh, with with great accuracy, determine whether or not you are clinically depressed. Uh, researchers looked at 500 different Instagram accounts and interviewed the test subjects. And um, based on the colors and the filters used, the type of pictures up uploaded, um, their model was able to reliably predict which users were clinically depressed. Wow. Yeah. Just just based on the, the photos you upload. I mean, I sort of, I mean, anecdotally, you know, I mean, you could sort of go on there and be like, all right, this guy's fucking depressed. He's putting on, you know, he's putting on like Marilyn Manson type shit or whatever. Then, I mean, I guess, you know, that makes sense. But... Um, apparently, they used a lot of different metrics, and even things that are sort of benign, like pictures of flowers and stuff like that. Even pictures of flowers can determine whether you're depressed, depending on what kind of filter you use. 
you know, my black ang- roses say something yeah, about me. Yeah, the angles you like take them, you know, whatever, take the pictures in. So if you're depressed, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you might want to submit your uh, your Instagram account and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should make one. And uh, speaking of depression, let's talk about the death of our planet and the nearby planets that we may need to move to soon. Oh, yeah, let's. <laughs> um, and is that the segue from the news into the topic, or did you yes, have any? Yes, no, no, Death of our planet news yeah, story. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. No, no, that's it. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Okay, I, I got the ball on that one. Right. That brings us to tonight's topic. Thanks, by the way, for all the news tailored uh, for me. I appreciate no problem. that. Yeah. That brings us to tonight's topic and getting the hell off this planet and getting somewhere else. It turns out, and Brian, thank you for bringing this to our attention. This was this was breaking uh, news today. That uh, I mean, it, it's really no big deal. I mean, we just get a light speed thing over there in like what four years? Four point two, they're saying. Yeah, that's 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 easy, right? <laughs> Let's not say it's easy. But I mean, it's certainly um, easier than it's ever been before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think probably the the scientific community is tempering it with some measure of uh, you know cautious optimism. But yeah, I think what what before this wasn't the nearest thing like ten times farther away or something like that. Some crazy some crazy measure uh, of distance. Whereas this this you know you got to figure if we get something that can go some reasonable fraction of the speed of light, this almost seems within reach, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think as far as, like, the survival of a species, you're talking a hundred years, that's pretty damn believable, pretty, pretty actually realistic. Yeah, yeah, I, well, before, before we dig into what we've read about, why don't you go ahead and fill in the audience on exactly what we're talking about in case they missed it. So, I think Cam mentioned something about the system last week, right? Proxima Centauri or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proxima Centauri. But apparently, within... There's a certain distance from the star that's considered the the habitable zone for radiation and and, um, heat and everything. Within that habitable zone, there is a uh, near-Earth-like planet... That they're, I think they're saying, um, likely to have an actual atmosphere. Nice. Now, of course, that doesn't mean, I guess, you know, what life is guaranteed. But like I said, like much more likely than it's ever been before. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, much more likely and relatively close to us, right? In terms, right? Of... Astronomically close to us. I mean, right, that, that right. you cannot get much closer than. I mean, doesn't Proxima mean like? Close. Next, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would think so. Yeah, it's kind of the next one over. Yeah, that star is our sun's nearest uh, neighbor, I think, or that system anyway. So right, that, that's I, I t- it's just kind of a lucky find that we found that like right next door, you know. And um, I, I, I'm pretty excited. Of course, you know, that's still a large distance, no matter how you slice it. But I mean. Let's just say you got something that went a tenth of the speed of light. You know, a, a space probe that took 40 years to get there, that could get there in someone's lifetime, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. And, you know, then I guess the communications would take four years to reach back to us, so it wouldn't exactly be, like, you know, live streaming, but 
to actually get back some basic data to indicate, yeah, I found water, yeah, you know, I found X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that, that that's kind of awesome. Um, I don't know that that excites me almost more than the near Earth stuff that we've been discovering, um, like revelations about Mars and, and what we think is going on on nearby moons. I, I I'm I'm not so cautiously optimistic. I guess I'm being a little like fanciful. But I, I really, I, I feel like with the right conditions, this could just spark this new age of, of wonder. I mean, our, our, our the starships we sent to that could be the, the the new Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria. Like, wow. I, I don't see any reason why it's just absolutely impossible, you know? No, me neither. I, and I, I really appreciate your optimism. I mean, I think, I, I guess I temper my optimism because, like, you get all the jerks like, oh, we can't even fix potholes here. But yeah, I, I, it's really tantalizing, right? To think of a, a possible, like potentially habitable or at least some somewhat Earth-like planet, like mm, that close. And I wonder, I mean, do you think we'll actually end up doing a mission there? Do you think that like this, that NASA is going to take a serious look at this or other space agencies? I... Again, this is pure fancy, but I, I would really like to see uh, e- either a nation like China or or possibly a, a corporation like SpaceX get interested in this. Because I, I think the thing that people complain about, like China beating us back to the moon, is even if it's not technically like legal, like there's not really anything we can do if they're the only ones on the moon from just like to stop them from strip mining. Oh, yeah, yeah, for basically exploiting whatever resources are there, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I I think someone somewhere has to be just just thrilled at the the prospect of a a planet of that. Interesting. So you're you're looking at it from the standpoint of possible, like, a a source of resources, you know, even if not, like, an ideal home, like a rocky planet full of pretty much everything we would ever want or need. I'm, I'm kind of hedging my bets a little bit on that. I think that's the, the most attractive thing to the kind of people with the money you need to get there. I, I would love to say, like, 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 actually, let's just, you know, launch arcs and colonize. Sure. But, you know, I, I don't have the funds, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. Neither do I. I don't have the uh, planetary, ex- planetary exploration money at, at hand. What do you think, Cam? You think Brian's maybe on the money here with this kind of exciting people about possibilities of, you know, travel and exploration? I think we need to. I mean, I think it's necessary. Um, you know, I think NASA and and all the space exploration programs are are having trouble sort of getting people on board. And it's it's, just, it's a lot of the short sighted thinking we've talked about before, where it's like, oh, I can't put food on the table, or you know what I mean? Right. And not even that, but like. It, even sort of like the Kardashian effect, if people just so focused on shit that doesn't matter, you know what I mean? When really these global pro, it's a lot easier to just focus. And you know, you can't blame people. People just want to get by. They want to have fun. They want, you know, they don't want to be bothered with you know these big problems. So I get it, but you know, we we really need to start thinking not in the span of our lifetime or even our children's lifetimes, but in the span of like you know ten generations down the road. What's what's the world gonna look like, and 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 what's the future of of us as a as a species, you know? And 
I really think that you know efforts need to be made to get people excited about things like this because at the end of the day, um, as far as I can tell, and as far as you know, greater minds than than I certainly you know like Hawking and and people like that um, have said that really the only thing you know if things keep going the way they are you know, this Earth is not going to support us for, for for much longer, in the global perspective anyway. Yeah, and, I, I really yeah, can't I, imagine we have 10 generations left. Yeah, and so we need to figure out where the fuck we're going and how we're going to get there uh, sooner rather than later because, I mean, for us it's not going to matter. We're going to be dead and gone long before, you know, before that. But, uh, knock on wood, anyway. But, <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, it, I mean, I I want, you know, I still have compassion. I want, I want our future, you know, even if I'm not related to them, I still want our future, you know, people and race to 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 have somewhere to to grow and prosper. Sure. Yeah, you and, and me so, both. Yeah, and I'm I'm willing to kick in a few bucks, you know, every month uh, from my paycheck or whatever, or my tax money to 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 figure that out, you know. Yeah. Well, th- that's <clears throat> Brian. So I. I think I share your optimism, like, in general. You know, of course, I'm cautiously optimistic because I've been disappointed by, like, people's priorities before. But can you see this changing, like, priorities at all in terms of, um, in terms of where our money would be spent for exploration? Could you actually see more studying or more funds going into studying this, uh, this new body that we found? Okay, the last time I'll qualify this. Again, like, hopeless optimism here, but I really think practically everything's in place for this just to be, like, 1960s space race again. If, if we get, like, a great mind, like, I don't know, it, it's Elon Musk, isn't it? Yeah, yep. If, if Musk really gets behind this and says, you know, we're going to pump a bunch of money into this and we're going to be the first country... To, to get there because of what would happen if the other countries beat us there, and this is, you know, a, a national pride thing or, or or whatever. What I'd really like to see is for us to just like as a as a like planet culture humanity get behind this and say like, look, we need to stop spending so much on wars and and really figure out what's going to happen. Like like this is. I don't believe there will ever be a better chance. Like, there's not going to be a solar system between us and this. Yeah, you know, you're not alone, obviously, in that observation and and those sentiments, Brian. Um, now that since you mentioned that, I want to say something. One of you mentioned Stephen Hawking, I think, as a you know potential great mind, and. In researching for this, I, I, this was linked straight from the CNN article I read about um, this, this very topic. It turns out that there is actually uh, a project envisioned by great minds, including um, Stephen Hawking and uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook fame, uh, call, to actually get us uh, to, to a nearby planet. And I think... Um, it's actually called Starshot, and I think their goal... I'm actually rereading the, the item here so that I don't misquote it. Right, they think that they could reach the system within 20 years. 
and beam home and it says in beam home images in the CNN uh, synopsis. So let's see, 4.2 years away. So that would be traveling, I guess, one fifth or, or reaching a speed of about one fifth the speed of light uh, as this thing accelerated. And I don't know. I think that would be awesome. I, I think in, imagine in your lifetime, 20 years to get there and really meaningful images coming in 25 in uh, year, you know, five years after that, let's say, you know, by the time they reach us, I don't know. We, we could be alive to see that. That's, that's amazing to me. I, I, I don't, I, I just said it. I'll say it again. I don't think there's ever going to be a better yes. chance. I don't think we'll ever have without becoming starfaring, starfaring technology to get us there faster than 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this I, is uh, this is kind of a, a a do or die, not die, but like a, a shit or get off the pot situation. Right, like it's it's at least worth a really close look. I think. Like I I I hate to say that this is going to like fade into the background of most people's minds, but damn, this is like really. It, if it if if it really bears out what they think it might, this is this is. I don't know how to put it. Uh, this is a new age. Yeah, it could potentially. Yeah, potentially. I don't think it's much of an exaggeration to say that. But hey, I'll, I'll just go. I'll, I'll go on this. I, I will say, like, we don't need most of the people on board for this. Like, let them stay small-minded. I, I I don't know if in the 1950s most of the people were on board with like you know, jet technology and, and trying to leave the atmosphere. And it became a dream because people were doing it. It became this fascination because people were like, holy shit, that's really possible? You guys weren't joking? Right, right, right. I think with like such minds and moneyed personalities behind something like this, we could get it started. Would you donate? Would, would you... So, Cam, you mentioned that you definitely would. Would you, like, donate to some, like, 10-year-long Kickstarter or something? Like, give a, give a little bit every month to, to see something like this come to Yeah, come I, to think I, I think I would. I mean, like, I mean, it would have... But see, the, it's sort of like chicken and the egg, you know? It's all, it's, unfortunately, is with a lot of these things. I mean, I would give money to Elon Musk, for sure, because the guy has a proven track record. You know what I mean? But, like, look at that, that whole stupid mission to Mars thing that we talked about last <laughs> yes. year. Or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... That was just such a freaking scam. And so, um, you know, if it was someone that I believed in and someone that, like, was like, all right, guys, like, I'm not making you any promises because I, I don't want guarantees either. I don't need, you know, that's fine. If it's just someone that I believe in, like Elon Musk or, or even, you know, some of these other guys, like um, Richard Branson, I, I mean, I, I could get behind him too. I mean, he's, he's you know, he seems like a, a, a man of action, you know. Like, it's someone that I, I think is going to reasonably you know, has a vision that's similar to mine and is reasonably going to put their best foot forward and try to get this done, I would, I'd put money into it, for sure. For, for nothing, you know what I mean? I wouldn't even really, like, you know, I, I don't want a seat on the first one that goes out, you know, or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, it'd be maybe a little recognition or a little pat on the back or a SpaceX t-shirt, or you know what I mean? I would be happy just to know that I was putting money into forwarding, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting, you know, advancing our race, uh, you know, as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And 
as far as whose names you might want to put your money behind, so I mentioned Hawking. I'm looking at the board of directors for this board of directors for this organization. The organization I believe is called Breakthrough Initiatives, and you've got Stephen Hawking listed first. Yuri Milner, who is the founder of DST Global. I'm not familiar with that individual or that company, although I probably should be. And Mark Zuckerberg, founder and CEO of Facebook. So that dude gets a lot of hate, but he he does some pretty scientific like like stuff. Like I actually love what he's done with the the gliding Wi-Fi hotspots to bring internet to like shitholes. That yeah yeah me too. That that stuff's pretty amazing. What? Why is he? Why does he have? So, why is there so much hatred directed at him? That fucking movie. Oh really? Like the movie where they like? Would anyone know his name if it weren't for that movie? No. Did they they kind of smear? Yeah, him no, they would because like he's always like your first friend on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, right? Like, isn't he like? Or, no, that's oh, Tom. Oh, oh, that was yeah, that was MySpace, dude. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> My <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> now, t- Tom's just like sitting back counting his money now, and like I don't want to be anyone's friend I don't, anymore. I don't care. Yeah, but, that uh, guy cashed out. I think he made like six hundred million. And was like peace out, and then <laughs> MySpace just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg's done some douchey shit, hasn't he? Isn't he the guy that cut down that like forest for his wedding or something? Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, is that worse than like a ten million dollar Lord of the Rings wedding, though, <laughs> in terms of extravagant expenses? Well, well, it was in terms of like environmental damage. Oh yeah, okay. I, if he if he cut down some endangered forest for a wedding, that is pretty shitty. Like I said, no one's perfect. I mean, you know, people people that that are really improving the human condition from can forgiven a little bit like Jesus Christ I stick up for Columbus every year I can stick up for Zuckerberg right 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 and uh, who knows maybe he'll entice Musk and others to join join the cause right I, you know as long as they do it on their own I, I don't even care competition might be good maybe they do need to rush or race maybe yeah yeah battle of the billionaires anyway it would seem I think we've kind of voiced our uh, support of pursuing this lead, let's just say, and uh, I've pointed out one project with some some luminary names behind it, uh, aimed at kind of taking a closer look. I really hope that we that this like is a podcast we're recording that that is actually at the dawn of like this cool new direction for humanity. I don't know, but that, that, that almost seems overstated. But you know, we're nerds, so we're we're allowed a certain degree of hyperbole. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think this this really could be like a new age of like, or, or a massive expansion to this new age of exploration uh, at whose uh, doorstep we find ourselves, maybe. I, I agree with your sentiments 100%, Brian, and uh, bringing this to our attention for discussion was a great idea. What do you think, Cam? I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're... Well, I don't know. I... I, I, I if we could actually get photos or video or something back from a, a body that far away in my lifetime, I wouldn't say I would die a happy man because dying is not going to make me happy in the first place, but I would scratch that one off the bucket list, I guess. See, you know, exoplanet photos. And if, and if it were to turn out to be a planet that actually did support life or could support life, that would be like mind blowing. Then they have to come up with the like life extension technology so I can go there. <laughs> I really wish we weren't plagued with audio issues right now because that's another, I <laughs> yeah. think, kind of, kind of, kind of like tie-in. When the 
universe gets bigger, don't you want your life to last a little longer so you can see more of it? For sure. I almost think those those go hand in hand. Well, you have relativity to expand it. Oh, that's true, Brian. That's true. I watched yeah. that Interstellar. I know all about it. Now. <laughs> well, the other thing too is that pretty, which is something I never thought about, and it was really cool. I thought um, uh, in Doctor Who, this I think it was this last season, where there was this sort of immortal who was Maisie Williams uh, from uh, uh, Game of Thrones, right? Um, and she ended up the Doctor ended up making her sort of this immortal, um, but she had an immortal body, but her memory wasn't immortal. So she would oh. live so long that she wouldn't be able to remember all the shit that she did. So she started, I mean, she, she didn't even know who she was at some point, so she started, like, writing these journals so that she could chronicle, like, her life and go back and read, you know, what she did seven, eight hundred, you know, a thousand years ago. Um, so I wonder if that would be something we would need if we extended our life beyond, you know, the foreseeable yeah, that's so years. That's something I wonder. Like, do do you run into like some like storage limits or recall limits of the mind at a certain point? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, because I don't remember most of the shit I did when I was four. You know what I mean, or five. Right. Uh, and I'm, you know, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, imagine what if you were like 150. I mean, you're gonna remember what episode 225 or. Uh, I would to go back I mean. and listen to it. <laughs> I would, but we're, we're segueing. We're. Uh, Diverting a little too far into, I think, what could be a pretty true. cool episode topic. So, true, true. <laughs> let me let me reel us back from there, back to uh, near Earth orbit, as it Not were. Not a problem. And uh, I guess with that, we can kind of bring this episode in uh, through re-entry into a safe landing. That was nice. that was good. I thought that nice. was nice. Cool. Yeah, I did. I like that. <laughs> Okay, well, audience, thank you for listening. We will see you on uh, Proxima Centauri's... Uh, is Proxima Centauri the... Oh, it's Proxima B, which is like one of the planets orbiting that star, it turns out. So we'll see you there for the uh, for the Ganza party. Um, and you know what? During your journey to Proxima B, you should probably bring with you our entire archive. Uh, speaking of remembering things, absolutely. And you could you could do that uh, by iTunes. You can probably stream via Stitcher. I'm sure by the time we get missions going, we'll have streaming that'll reach that far. And uh, if neither of those work for you, check us out, of course, on Google Play Music. It'll help you pass the time on your way to our new home. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Add us to your Google circle and join the Nerdstravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Last off, over to the website, nerdstravaganza.com. Check it out. All of our back episodes, blogs, RPG content, all kinds of good stuff over there for you to check out. Uh, check out all of our exclusive video content on YouTube. Uh, just type Nerdstravaganza into the handy-dandy search bar and you will find us. And rock it on over to gmail and hit us up nerdstravaganza at gmail.com send us an email and let us know where you want to go in the universe and with all that said Brian take us to our new home <laughs> good enough <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me <laughs> I thought you were going to do a star scream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Prime! <laughs> <laughs>